0: In the squadron, they called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the
1: air. On the the Red Apple Podcast Network.
0: Whoa, 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 different open for me. I don't like this music. This is good times. Kill the music here, Diego. Kill it. It ain't good times. Our city is slipping into the abyss. We got a missing in action mayor who is mayor of the illegal aliens, a swagger man. We got a missing in action police commissioner you can't find. I don't know if he's out of town, Eddie Caban. uh, But he's not doing any press conferences about these illegal aliens who gave the whooping to those two cops in Times Square. We're going to get to the nitty gritty details momentarily. But I am Curtis Lee. I'm substituting for Greg Kelly today. Unfortunately, he is not feeling well. So I will take you uh, on board for the next two hours. And it will be a continuation of my rip and read uh, that I just finished. But we've got some really, really serious business here in New York City because we are at the epicenter of attention. Sure, the war in Israel is dominating attention, as it should The battles in the Middle East and the Persian Gulf, as it should. The presidential campaign underway, as it should. And all the other many geopolitical issues dealing with the battles on Capitol Hill about whether we fund the Ukraine, fund Israel, fund Taiwan, and fund border security. That battle, all of them, are extraordinarily important. But to me, under the surface, there are issues that have to be addressed because everything else that deals with the United States will be all for naught. We are experiencing an invasion at both borders. The focus is generally the southern border because that's where most of the illegals are coming in and they're claiming they're asylum seekers, so they're paroled in. And they will never see a federal judge, but maybe seven years away. And in the meantime, we know what's going to happen. They're going to have an anchor baby. They're going to find somebody to have a baby with, whether it's a green card holder, a visa holder, or a U.S. citizen. Hooker by crook, they'll figure it out. They'll have an arranged marriage with an American. They'll pay a lot of pesos, a lot of dollars to do that. They'll scam the system. Once there's an anchor baby, nobody's going back. And I know many of you say, oh, we'll send them all back. Trump will get elected president. We'll send them all back. There's 300,000 that came across the border our southern border just last month alone, will you send some of them back? Yes. Will you send all of them back? No, because they're going to be embedded here for quite some time, and they're going to be able to solidify why they can stay legally through everything that's been done before. So we're going to analyze not just the southern border, where Governor Abbott is an absolute hero. He's standing up to the U.S. government. He has stood up to the United States Supreme Court, which voted 5-4, ordering him to stand aside to remove Chuck Norris and the Texas Rangers. You remember Chuck Norris, right? Even you, Diego, you watch Chuck Norris, the great Texas Ranger TV show. And he's ordered the Texas National Guard, the Supreme Court did, to step aside and allow ICE, the Immigration and Naturalization Service to take out their wire cutters and cut through the razor wire. And Governor Abbott defied the United States Supreme Court. He's defied the papachulo of the illegal aliens, President Joe Biden, who just encourages them to keep coming. And he has defied the the schmuck-to-putz Chuck E. Cheese Schumer, who claims that he is working on a bipartisan agreement that will allow 5,000 illegal aliens to come in as asylum seekers each day. And if that were the case, ah, that would about equal the population of the fastest growing city in America, Phoenix, about 1.8 million for the year alone. And that doesn't even take into consideration all that slip in without declaring themselves to be asylum seekers. No, they just come in under the radar screen. That is unacceptable. And now Republican governors from across the country, minus Massachusetts, have come down to show support for the Governor Abbott of Texas, and they are sending their National Guard units to buttress the Texas National Guard. And, in fact, they are expanding their radius beyond just Eagle Pass. Eagle Pass is one of those locations along the Texas border that you can come in and say you're an asylum seeker. The other area, as we've seen, Juarez into El Paso, Nuevo Laredo into Laredo, and there are a few other locations. But the bulk of the illegals have come in through Eagle Pass. Now all of a sudden, because Abbott has stood up and has defied the federal government, the United States Supreme Court, the Biden administration, and the majority leader in the Senate, the schmuck to putsch, Chuck e. Chuckie Cheese humor. Notice how the coyotes realize we're not going to be able to get our payload through. There's more money in human trafficking than there is in bringing fentanyl or any other drugs in. You got to understand, the money is now in human trafficking, so they have diverted. The hundreds, the thousands, the tens of thousands of people who have paid all kinds of money to find coyotes to take them through, the narco-terrorists are running the operations. And they are now coming through increasingly more the Arizona portals and the California portals where you can declare yourself to be an asylum seeker. Now, California may be a little different, difficult for a while because... The way the rains are clobbering California, you might be floating back into Mexico. I mean they are clobbered in Los Angeles and San Diego. There is massive flooding. So let's figure. Where are you going to come to? Arizona. Because Abbott has put made a last stand. Now, will Governor Biden excuse me, will President Biden have a high noon showdown with Governor Abbott? Will he federalize the state National Guard there of Texas or the other state National Guardsmen who are being sent down by Republican governors minus Massachusetts? It's interesting. It's been done before. It certainly has been done by presidents before in adversarial situations with states where all they did was order the state National Guard federalized. And then they had to take orders from the president, the executive body of the federal government. And they had to negate any orders that were coming from their governors. So that's how I knew that. And that's the southern border. That's where the bulk of the illegal aliens, or as they call themselves, asylum seekers, their supporters call them undocumented aliens, migrants are coming through. But the other untold story, and uh, I was uh, able to reveal this months ago, was the pipeline that's coming in through Canada. Trudeau Land, Trudeau Junior Land, who welcomes the illegal aliens into Canada and doesn't mind that they cop a squat there and then begin their travel south into the United States. There are some who remain, especially in Ontario and Quebec, because they have very liberal, uh, very advantageous social services. But you got to jump through a few more hoops in Canada than you do here. So because of NAFTA, The North American Free Trade Association agreement made long ago with Bill Clinton and Mexico and Canada. What happens is that there are visa-exempt countries and the illegal aliens, the migrants, can head there for an easier route into the U.S., If they come up with the cash to pull it off, and what that means, Diego, and I'm not suggesting to you or anybody else here or anybody else in the streets is walking around now, is having done that, what they do is they go to Mexico City. They pay a tremendous amount of money to get to Mexico City. Generally, they fly in from uh, the sub-Saharan North African countries, which have active ICE and Al-Qaeda cells. Mauritania, some of uh, which Mauritania still has slavery. The Arabs have enslaved the uh, black residents there. Mali, which there is an insurrection going on. They have active ICE and Al-Qaeda. Then you go to Senegal, Chad, Sudan, and go all the way down East Africa. There's an island called Madagascar. And they come in, and I've talked to them. There is a place called the Roosevelt Hotel near Grand Central. This is the outsourcing center. That's where they go in order to be sent to various hotels throughout the five boroughs of the city of New York at taxpayers' expense. And I spent some time in Senegal, so I relate to those, those single, able-bodied young men with nothing to do, nowhere to go, a military age, who you have to wonder, out of the hundreds who have come in, how many could be secret agents of ISIS or al-Qaeda who will embed here at our taxpayers' expense? But they're the docile ones. The Venezuelans are organized. They're gangbangers. They've assimilated. They speak Spanish. Easy to find people in New York City who speak Spanish. In fact, in some neighborhoods, you find more people speaking Spanish than you do English. Whereas when you're from North Africa, the the language you speak is Arabic or French. And generally, you'll find people at the mosque on the day of prayer, Juma, which is Friday, who might be able to communicate with you. So they're a little more docile. The Venezuelans are more aggressive. But if they can make it in Mexico City, they got a choice. A, they can get coyotes to take them to the border that separates uh, the United States from Mexico. Or B, if they have enough money, cash, they can get a one-way trip ticket to uh, either Montreal or Toronto. Then once they're there, there are coyotes who are more than happy to take them to the border. And there are two locations on the northern border they come. First location preferred when you're coming in from Quebec is to go right to Vermont, right near Burlington. And uh, Diego, you know who greets you in Vermont? Bernie the Caca Sanders. He's there. Oh, he's got food, clothing. He welcomes in the illegal aliens. That's a liberal progressive state. They love illegal aliens, but they don't stay in Vermont. They go right through Vermont into New York. They want to come down to New York City. Then the other location they come in, generally, once they fly into Toronto, is they make their way to Plattsburgh, upstate New York. Nobody, trust me, nobody wants to spend any time in Plattsburgh. And they are on that Greyhound bus, courtesy of who? Catholic Charities, which is a rip-off, a rip-off. They get taxpayer dollars from the federal government, the Biden administration. They're not spending a dollar of any money that was put into the uh, contribution uh, boxes in Catholic churches uh, throughout the country. Not a penny. Uh, They're not in the wicker baskets when all of a sudden they're putting the wicker baskets through. Well, you know, this is a donation for the bishop's fund. This is a donation for the school. This is a donation for the parish. They don't have a donation for the migrants. It's all from the federal government. So once they make it across the American board, yeah, the Canadian-American border, they get into Vermont or they get into uh, Plattsburgh in New York State. Catholic Charities is there with bus tickets. They put them on the bus. They pound the hound next stop, Port Authority, New York. They walk over to the Roosevelt Hotel, and they're in Life Flint. Or they go to New Jersey, another sanctuary state, that is kicked out, L'Imigre, immigration and naturalization. Many of the cities, they don't want to work with them. And I'm going to explain exactly what's going on with half in the bag Governor Murphy, who's turned a blind eye to all of this because there is human trafficking based in New Jersey. The untold story that you never heard before. Curtis Lewa for Greg Kelly.
1: Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
0: Greg away today is not feeling too well. Yours truly, Curtis Lee, was said to take you the rest of the way. So let's look at the New Jersey connection that gets no attention. Even though New Jersey, again, is a sanctuary state with uh, many, many sanctuary cities, and the leader is a half-in-the-bag Governor Murphy. Who has said no much, no much? We we have too many illegal aliens. We can't take them. Sorry, we're overwhelmed. Because he knows what a lot of people have not been able to say publicly, but I have learned that at Mexico City you have the fork in the road on your way to America. You can go to three locations. You compound the hound Catholic charities that racket. With federal tax dollars, we'll put you on a bus to New York. Takes two days. You can fly into Newark International Airport where nobody wants to go. Maybe the worst airport. In fact, if you've been to the airport in Mexico City like I have, I have guardian angels there. It's 10 times better than Newark International Airport. The worst. And in fact, illegal aliens getting off the plane saying, oh, my God, I thought this was a first world country. But they fly in under the radar screen because nobody follows them like they follow them here in New York or even when they go up to Canada and then they come down. So there were three guys, two from uh, Guatemala, one from Colombia. They were in Mexico City and they were, it was like Monty Hall, door number one, two, or three. Where, where do I go? Do I want to fly into uh, Toronto and to Montreal and work my way down to Vermont or New York State into New York? Nah. Do I want to uh, pound the hound Catholic charities ripping off the federal taxpayers and paying my way now nah, to the port authority of New York? Nah. How about we fly in in Newark? Because let's see who's running the show in Newark. So these three guys come in and they set up. And of course, where Patterson, Newark, you know, where nobody's going to know who they are. In fact, North Ward of Newark, there are a lot of Latinos. There. And Hey man, Patterson, New Jersey, A lot of Dominicans and a lot of other Hispanics. So they embed themselves and they say, guess what? We can start charging $6,000 a head. We got contacts. We got contacts with guys who worked with Joaquin El Chapo Guzman, who was in Florence, Colorado, Supermax. He doesn't call the shots anymore as America's uh, number one uh, drug dealer from Mexico. But he's left behind the whole cartel. So now they got contacts. So for $6,000 ahead, they'll get you up to New Jersey where you'll be under the radar screen and half in the bag. Governor Murphy isn't even going to pay attention because he goes, We got enough illegal aliens. We're a sanctuary state with sanctuary cities. So those of you in New Jersey who think that somehow. You're not going to be burdened by the overwhelming number of illegal aliens coming in this invasion. Think again. Because the narco-terrorists and the human traffickers have figured out all the angles. If they can't get you into New York, if they can't get you into Canada and then down from uh, Quebec and from Ontario through Vermont and Plattsburgh, New York, into New York City, they can get you into the Garden State. And just think... Diego, your dream will come true. Oh, my God, they're going to have what? What is that? World Cup at Met Stadium, which has been rated the worst football stadium in America, which couldn't even host a Super Bowl when Shamu El Chris Christie was in charge. What a mess that was, Denver versus Seattle. And now they're going to have the game of the illegal aliens. Fake, phony, fraudulent football spelled with a U. kickball. Kickball. Instead of good old fashioned American smash mouth football that we'll see this Sunday in Las Vegas at the Swifty Bowl. At, 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 at the Swifty. No, the Super Bowl. At the Swifty Bowl featuring Taylor Swift. What a disgraciate. What a shanda
1: Greg Kelly ah! on the Red Apple Podcast Network.
0: Greg's away to today, not feeling too well. Probably be with all of you tomorrow, same time, same place. Uh, yours truly, Curtis Lee, uh, set to take you the rest of the way. And let me just say they're running these news articles that King Charles is diagnosed with a form of cancer. And it's uh, ironic because the big news, as far as I am concerned, is that if you go back to the Northern Ireland Peace Accord, and I have to give uh, Bill Clinton credit for this, He and Tony Blair, they worked out a situation that had led to battles uh, between Catholics and Protestants for years there, Derry and Belfast. Sinn Féin's Michelle O'Neill makes history as the first Irish nationalist to lead Northern Ireland. Ladies and gentlemen, do you understand that? That Sinn Féin, the political wing of the IRA, that Congressman Peter King loved, adored is now, now has the leader of Northern Ireland, Michelle O'Neill. On a day when King Charles announces that he has cancer and in honor of one of the greatest radio teams of all time, eight years ago they were teamed together in New York, Bernard McGurk, who we so dearly miss. He was always the fixture of Imus in the morning across the nation. Without Bernard McGurk, there would be no Imus. I mean, I got I to be perfectly frank. He would talk in Imus's ear. He would perform on the Imus show. He's the one who did the Cardinal imitations. Cardinal O'Connor is just magnificent. And then he ended up, his dream come true, to do a morning show with his partner, Sid Rosenberg. This past weekend was the eighth-year anniversary. Unfortunately, Bernard McGurk did not get a PSA test. And young, virile, strong, always ate the right foods, exercised, didn't smoke, occasionally would drink, but not to excess. And he didn't get that 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 prick of the finger, a PSA test that saves lives. And I know, look, I had stage four prostate cancer, and I made the worst decision in my life to have it removed. There are so many other therapies now that men should avail themselves uh, on with the help of the women folk in their life. And women, feel free out there to badger the hell out of the men in your life. Nag them, drag them off to get that PSA test. Simple. They just prick your finger with, with a little pin, and then they do a smear of it, and then they'll let you know if uh, maybe you need to come in for further testing. So many men have died needlessly over the years. So many died. Look, look at the Secretary of Defense, Austin. Now, I know many of you, you say, oh, well, the way he handled things. Look at how frail he looks. Look at it. In announcing uh, the bombing runs uh, against the Houthis and in Syria uh, and in uh, Iraq against the embedded uh, uh, Iranian-supported surrogate. Look how frail he looks. This is what prostate cancer can do if it's not handled the right way. So I have no idea what King Charles' uh, cancer status is. To be honest, uh, I would prefer to think about Bernard McGurk, who would always say, up the rebels, which hated the crown, As I hate the crown. Look, I don't. I don't wish harm on King Charles, but when I think of cancer, I think of our colleague, one of the greatest producers, And radio performers of all time, talk show host, Bernard McGurk, who is no longer with us. And let that be an advisory to everybody out there. Get that PSA test, starting at 35. I didn't get it in time, and I made the worst possible mistake, and I pay for it every day of my life. I'll soon be 70 uh, at the end of March. And there are other men out there, likewise, who are no longer here or are impaired badly because – They didn't get a simple blood test. Again, I need to advise you, there are so many therapies and remedies that don't require the removal of your prostate at all. You're not going to be a eunuch. You're not going to be less of a man by dealing with a prostate issue. It is the discussion that men don't ever want to have. Women talk about breast cancer and the remedies all the time. They're loud and proud about it. You see, we're going to see a Super Bowl, and during the year, Men, these mastodons on the gridiron will wear everything pink, pink shoes, pink gloves, pink uniforms to promote breast cancer awareness. Nothing done about prostate cancer awareness, almost nothing, because men just don't want to deal with the reality of it. So, again, ladies, you badger them, you nag them, you henpeck them, you make sure they get that PSA test. It saves lives, absolutely In honor of Bernard McGurk and what would have been his eighth anniversary of broadcasting with Sid Rosenberg, who has the number one morning show in America now. In America. But they were a dynamic team. Let me move on to uh, Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, who has taken New York City into the abyss. And one of the reasons is, is that we don't have a police commissioner. He actually appeared at a town hall meeting in Brownsville, a predominantly black community, I know it well. And my wife Nancy, who does a lot of digging for me as an attorney e attorney, found the audio that he didn't want anyone to hear anywhere, anytime, any place, because he was speaking black speak, meaning it was a black audience, and he had hoped that whites and Hispanics and Asians in this city would never hear it. It was meant to be internal. But Nancy rescued this so that all of you can hear this chameleon that he has always been Eric Adams. And he spoke about how he's the police commissioner of New York City.
2: And every other mayor had to turn to their police commissioner and say, hey, I need you to figure this out. I don't have to turn to my police commissioner to say, I need you to figure this out.
0: Uh, Diego, I want you to play that again. Uh, Basically, he is saying, he translated I don't need no stinking police commissioner because I'm the police commissioner.
2: And every other mayor had to turn to their police commissioner and say, hey, I need you to figure this out. I don't have to turn to my police commissioner to say, I need you to figure this out.
0: As all of you know, Greg Kelly is the proud son of the longest serving police commissioner, a friend of mine. Ray Kelly, who did a uh, just an incredible job for a number of mayors. First for David Dinkins, he really saved David Dinkins. He saved our city because with David Dinkins before that, there was a guy named out of town Lee Brown. He was always out of town when there were riots. Ray Kelly stabilized it for David Dinkins. And then Rudy Giuliani came in and he had his own police commissioners. He had three. He had uh, Bill Bratton and then Safer, who recently passed away, and Bernie Kerrick. But then Michael Bloomberg was elected, and for all 12 years, he had Ray Kelly. Bloomberg knew nothing about the streets, knew nothing about policing. He was a Wall Street guy. He would always consult Ray Kelly. He depended on Ray Kelly. Ray Kelly was the rock of Gibraltar in the Bloomberg administration to keep these streets Safe, secure. We had a great uh, quality of life. Sure, it was Bloomberg who was the mayor, but he did it because of Ray Kelly. He would consult him all the time. I got to play that cut one more time. He is so pretentious, obnoxious, obstinate. There's so many words to describe Eric Adams. Our police department lacks morale. There are not men and women joining any longer because we don't have a police commissioner who speaks on behalf of the department who the men and women can follow. They have Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan, who was a house mouse for 22 years, who never went out there and actively patrolled. And when he was a transit cop, he even said, hey, you know, I was a computer geek. I basically took all the paperwork from the records division
2: and turned it into sloppy disks. And every other mayor had to turn to their police commissioner and say, hey, I need you to figure this out. I don't have to turn to my police commissioner to say, I need you to figure this out.
0: Yeah. And so by Bloomberg relying on Greg Kelly's father, that was wrong. Now you know why we're in the mess that we're in. And then in this very hush, hush, mosh, mosh meeting that he didn't want the city to know about,
2: he called us Chocolate City. Look at my look at my deputy mayors. First deputy mayor. Sheena Wright, Deputy Mayor, stand up, stand up. They need to see you. Deputy Mayor williams Ison. Deputy Mayor Mira Josie, Deputy Mayor Amazar. Deputy Mayor Maria Torres-Springer. Have you ever seen this much chocolate lead in the city of New York?
0: You imagine when I was running against Eric Adams as a Republican candidate for me, if I said, well, if you elect Eric Adams, you'll have a chocolate city. That would have been it for me. Gone. No radio, no nothing. I would have been hanging wallpaper, uh, you know, in some third world country, out of sight, out of mind. He called our city Chocolate City. He thought that that would slip under the radar screen. Nope. My wife Nancy got it. And then he wonders why everyone's hating on him.
2: That's why people are hating on me.
0: Really? There's a
2: whole wide
0: uh, variety of reasons for that. And then... He does what he always does. His complexion is his protection. He plays the race card, and he appeals to black women 55-plus churchgoers because he recites biblical passages.
2: You trying to figure out why they're hating on me? They're hating on me because those are—how many of you go to church?
0: Right away, how many? Of course, black women 55-plus, the reason that black churches are able to survive and prosper— And in the black community, they're the ones that vote. Trust me, I know, having run for office, when the reverend tells the uh, female parishioners, the black female parishioners, hey, I I think you really should vote for this candidate, they go and vote. Guys, they're always talking nonsense. All guys, white guys, black guys, Hispanic guys, hey, I'm going to vote. And then all of a sudden, you say, who did you vote for? What? What do you mean? You know, election day was like two weeks ago. What? And then you look at their wives. Shh. Yeah, I voted. Who'd you vote for? Don't let my husband hear Biden. I've I've heard it over and over and over. So he knows the protection that he needs as the walls are closing in on him, as our city is falling into the abyss, as he is the target of a federal investigation for political corruption, is elderly black women who are churchgoers who will defend him to the day they die. And then... He compared himself to Jesus.
2: Ma'am, this is a Matthew 21 and 12 moment. Jesus walked in the temple. He saw them doing wrong in the temple. He did what? He turned the table over.
0: I went to city hall to turn the table over. What is he, black Jesus? He went to city hall to turn the tables over like Jesus did when he threw the money changes, the money lenders, out of the temple. The, the focus of this investigation on Eric Adams is that he loved to be wine-dined in pocket line. He didn't turn anybody away. That was his problem. He took money from everyone, including the Turks, including Erdogan. That's why he may end up going to jail. I need to hear that again because I never knew I was running against the Black Jesus. I wasn't running against Eric Adams, Diego. Little did I realize. I lost to the black Jesus.
2: Ma'am, this is a Matthew 21 and 12 moment. Jesus walked in the temple. He saw them doing wrong in the temple. He did what?
0: He turned the table
2: Came over. over. I went to City Hall to turn the table over. Have you heard any of that on the news, Diego?
0: Of course not. Uh, it was my wife, Nancy, who unearthed that. Boy, you do not want to get in the eye of the storm of Nancy Sliwa. She is an e attorney. She dug. She dug. She dug. She came up with these uh, statements that Eric Adams will dread uh, having made. He'll he'll try to explain it away. You know, this is black speak to the rest of you. I do white speak. No, Eric. We know right down to the marrow of the bone who you are. You're a fake, phony, fraudulent fugazi.
2: Greg Kelly.
1: On the Red Apple Podcast Network.
0: As performer, former uh, I am uh, substituting for Greg. He's not feeling too well today. He'll probably be back tomorrow, but uh, I'm following uh, the normal script. And generally this time of the program, uh, he invites in uh, to have discourse with the news guy, James Flippin who fancies himself uh, as a sports maven also. I think you're just frustrated that you're not doing sports, that you're doing uh, straight news. But you are now up against a guy who's done sports talk radio three times. The Curtis Lee was super sports spectacular, although I got fired all three times. So let's get down to brass tacks because in your state, James Flippen, of New Jersey, Half in the bag, Governor Murphy was having a celebration, raising the roof because the most corrupt organization in the world—he must have bribed FIFA full from FIFA—is bestowing upon New Jersey at MetLife Stadium the final World Cup game, uh, it, the World Championship. Really, is, is this true? Say it ain't so, Jade Flippin. Say it ain't so.
1: No, it's true. It's that
0: first of all, just to
1: let you know, you're not following the regular script. You're flipping the script oh, okay. by having me in here.
0: Well, I had and, to get you in here because you're missing in New Jersey. You right? live there in
1: Bloomfield. Yes, that's true. So, look, I mean, New Jersey, the metropolitan area, obviously a big soccer hub. And they made the announcement yesterday that FIFA is going to be holding the 2026 World Cup final there in the Meadowlands. At Matt Stadium. I
0: don't doubt it. Every time I'm on my way to Newark and I'm looking out the window of the path train or New Jersey transit, I see Red Bull Stadium right, right there. In Harrison. In Harrison, right. That's the, the stop right before Newark that a lot of people get off at before they go to Newark and then they have to put on a bulletproof body condom in order to survive the streets in Newark. But let's focus on MetLife Stadium. Mm-hmm. Recently, the ratings came out of every professional football team, and they said the absolute worst place to play is MetLife Stadium. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, well, but that has a lot to do with the playing surface, because the players claim that the turf, the artificial turf that they use there at MetLife is unsafe somehow. I don't know if it's your cleats get caught, it's hard, you fall on it, and they did change the turf slightly, before this last NFL season, right before Aaron Rodgers this is, this tore has, his Achilles. This has
0: nothing to do with turf. That stadium I've been in sucks. Well, that was what I was going to say. It really sucks. They're going to have
1: natural grass for
0: the I, soccer I players, don't care. So. You could smoke the grass on the field like Aaron Rodgers was making the, hey, puff, pa- puff, pa- pa- pass signal I, during uh, the exhibition season. That stadium really sucks. So Pfeiffer must have been bribed by Murphy. That's I'm number sure. one. Number two, remember, shabu. Hefe, Chris Christie, who in this last primary season where he ducked out thinking that he was going to be like uh, Orca, the killer whale against Trump, he's now been sent to SeaWorld because he didn't have the opportunity to get on the stage with Trump. Remember he hosted a Super Bowl? Remember at MetLife Stadium? Yeah, it was 10 years ago. Uh, Mr. Sportsman, what year was that? 2014. Uh, who played? That was the Seahawks and the Broncos. That's right. And who won? The Broncos. And half the people
1: couldn't No, the Seahawks won that one. That was the one the Seahawks won.
0: Wait, are you sure? Yes. Uh, Yes. Hold on a second. Think again. You mean Manning lost? Yeah, I'm really... I'm using a little sports technology on you. Yeah, that was the one... You want to bite your tongue real hard on that? No, that was
1: the one where where the the, the snap went over his head early. Where's Rich Hey,
0: No, is that the one where Wilson... Wilson wasn't yet hooked up with that drop-dead gorgeous wife of his, right? It's with uh, Sierra. That's right, because he claimed he was a celibate then, and that's when he was a great quarterback, right? Yeah. Then he goes to Denver. He's married to this hot to trot uh, performer, and that's it. All downhill. But you're causing me to digress. Okay. Forget who won the Super Bowl that year. Mm-hmm. The mass transit system system was a disaster. Yeah. Well, that. We know that for sure. The, New big, the big loser Transit. was New Jersey Transit. Horrible. And then try to drive in a normal time of, let's say, a normal Giants or Jet game. It takes like five hours to get there and five hours to get back. And you think that half in the bag, Murphy can host the final of World Cup without there being 10,000 problems at Medlife Stadium? Well, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to expect to
1: do because, I mean, even just the regular football games, uh, American football have problems. Exactly. Not uh,
0: not just the Super Bowl. Concerts. Maybe this is like, uh, what is that mall called? The Great American Dream? Mm -hmm. It's the Great American Nightmare. That's Mm -hmm. what this is going to be. I want to know, FIFA is the most corrupt organization. They just went to a federal trial in America, and they were found guilty of getting wine dined in Pocket Line. In fact, one guy, I think from, uh, I think it was Bulgaria, actually took a bribe of a new pair of shoes. Ferragamo shoes. Can you believe that? For a pair of shoes he sold out because he was wearing skippies at the time. He said, hey, you get me a pair of Ferragamo shoes, you know, I'll be more than happy to do it. You must do a deep dive and find out how much Murphy bribed them with. Because, look, he used to be the European leader of Goldmine Sachs. He knows all the Europeans that are on FIFA, Fofem, FIFA that would have made this decision. I want to know how much Goldmine Sachs money went into securing The final game of World Cup in MetLife Stadium rated the worst football stadium in America. And I mean real football. American smash mouth football. Not that fake phony fraudulent football. Kickball, kickball, kickball. You got that?
1: Yeah, by the way, I was right about that Super Bowl. The Broncos got blown out by the
0: Seahawks. Okay, all right. Uh, I'll give you credit. Yeah. Maybe that's why I'm not doing sports talk radio. <laughs> it's God, I got fired three times. Curtis Lee was spectacular. Now, more on Governor Murphy. You know, his wife is running uh, in the U.S. Senate Democratic primary to replace the crook, Bobby Menendez, that, who won't give up. Yeah. He's in the primary. But I said, don't deny, I said that Congressman Kim, K-I-M, is going to kick her butt. You did, and there's new poll numbers out. Right. And the problem in the Murphy household is she must be doing a Hillary Rodham Clinton on him, throwing furniture at him, because what did he do? He raised the tolls on, uh, on all the uh, thoroughfares. He raised New Jersey Transit. He gave sweetheart uh, pay raises to the legislature, and they're jumping on the Bang wagon.